is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwin Elder Library, and today we're going to be reading page 100 out of When God Doesn't Make Sense by Dr. James Dobson. We're talking about prayer. As we have indicated, many believers become confused and wounded in instances when God says no or wait, times when we don't feel the fulfillment of His purposes and their faith begins to wobble. This disillusionment was the theme of a classic novel by W. Somerset Maugham, M. A. Maugham, entitled Of Human Bondage. The principal character was a young man with a club foot who had hated his deformity from earliest childhood. When he discovered Christianity, he thought he had found a quick way to get rid of it. He began praying that God would heal his foot and make him normal. As it became apparent that his repeated requests would not be granted, He felt his faith had been invalidated, and he lost interest in God. I wonder how many times that unfortunate drama has been reenacted throughout the centuries. Every long-term believer has had the experience of praying for something that God appeared not to grant. As a case in point, let's return to the story of my father's skin cancer. Although he was healed of this disease, both he and my mother are in heaven today. Our prayers regarding subsequent subsequent illnesses did not keep them earthbound when the Lord called them across the great divide. If that is troubling to the reader, remember that Lazarus, whom Jesus miraculously raised from the dead, later died again. Every person Jesus healed eventually passed away. It is said that time heals all wounds. That may be true, but it also wounds all heals. Does this seem contradictory to the affirmation of prayer I have expressed? It shouldn't. Consider for a moment the kind of world it would be if God did exactly what we demanded in every instance. First, believers would outlive non-believers by centuries. The rest of the human family would be trapped in decaying bodies, but the Christians and their children would live in an idyllic world set apart. They would never have toothaches or kidney stones or gallbladder trouble or have accidents. All of their business would be succeed. All their businesses would succeed, and their homes would be beautiful, etc. The entire basis for the God-man relationship would be undermined. People would seek a friendship with him in order to gain the fringe benefits rather than responding with a heart of repentance and love. Indeed, the most greedy among us would be the first to be drawn to the benefits of a Christian life. Most importantly, these evidences of God's awesome power would eliminate the need for faith, as Paul wrote in Romans 8:24. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? Our faith, then, is anchored not in signs and wonders, but in the sovereign God of the universe. He will not perform on cue to impress us. Jesus condemned those who wanted him to put his miracles on display, saying, A wicked and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but none will be given. Matthew 12, 39. He wants us to accept him in the absence of proof. Jesus told Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John 20, 29. We serve the Lord, but not because he dances to our tune, but because we trust he is Lord in our lives. Ultimately, he must be the determiner of what is our best interest. We can't see the future. We don't know his plan. We perceive only the small picture and not even that very clearly. Given this limitation, it seems incredibly arrogant to tell God what to do, rather than making our needs known and then yielding to his divine purpose. Jesus modeled that attitude of submission for us. He asked in the Garden of Gethsemane that the cup of humiliation and death be removed from him. He knew full what the crucifixion meant. The emotional pressure was so intense that great drops of blood penetrated his skin. That is called hemod- 
atrocious, and it occurs only in persons undergoing the most severe distress. Yet even in the midst of the agony, Jesus prayed, Yet not my will, but yours be done. Luke 22:42. There are m- many other biblical examples of this yielding to divine authority. The Apostle Paul asked the Lord on se- three separate occasions to remove the thorn in his flesh. Three times the answer was no. Instead, he was told, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. You will remember the story of Moses and his encounter with the voice of God in the burning bush, Exodus 3 and 4. Chapters 3 and chapters 4. The Lord instructed him to confront Pharaoh and demand that the children of Israel be loosed from Egypt captivity. When the Lord asked why the children of Israel should believe God had sent him, the Lord armed him with miraculous powers. He turned his staff into a snake and back again into a rod. Then he caused Moses' hand to become leprous and made it healthy again. Finally, God told him that if they would not believe those two signs, he could he could take water from the Nile River and pour it on the ground, and it would turn into blood. These startling feats were designed to reveal the power of God and to show that Moses was his representative, his ambassador. But then a curious thing happened. Moses complained that he lacked eloquence for the task. I am slow of speech and tongue, Exodus 4.10. Yet the Lord did not offer to heal him. Doesn't that seem strange? He had just performed miracles that allowed Moses to carry out his mission. Why wouldn't God heal this troublesome speech impediment? He certainly had the power to do so. Wouldn't it have been logical for the Lord to have said, You're going to need a strong voice to lead a million people through the wilderness. Henceforth you will speak with authority. Nope, that isn't the way Jehovah responded. First he became angry at Moses for using this weakness as an excuse. Then he designated Aaron, Moses' brother, to serve as his mouthpiece. Why didn't he just do the job right and get rid of the problem? That's in our way of thinking. We don't know. As I said before, there are times when God doesn't make sense. It could be because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, whatever will be established. Sometimes God says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he'll be in the midst. Maybe Moses just needed somebody to go along with him. You know, sometimes, you know, we do need we do need others um, to lean on and to share the burden. You know, I believe that might be part of it. But I know um, I was talking earlier. <laughs> I, this is the second time attempted this podcast because a phone call came and cut me off. And I didn't save that recording. But I was telling the story about I had a dream last night. And my husband helping me look for my phone. Now, in real life, it would be me looking for his misplaced items. It seemed like almost every day we was looking for something. His keys, um, his um, um, walkie-talkie or something for work. Something he had to have for work or something he needed right then, you know, before he could leave. It's like, I'm like, honey, don't you get your stuff gathered up before you lay down and go to sleep? But, you know, you always think you know where your stuff is and you don't worry about it until you find out you can't have it. But one particular time, he's looking all over for his keys, and I said, honey, did you check your pockets? And he looked at me like I was, of course. You know, baby put his hand in his pocket, and there was his keys. You know, sometimes <laughs> we do the silly things sometimes. But, of course, you have to remember, he just woke up from um, his sleeping, and he took sleeping pills, so he probably was still not thinking straight when he put his keys in his pocket. Couldn't remember he did that. But it doesn't matter, but... Um, I was asking God, and like I hate to repeat because I already said this, but I didn't record it. I mean, I just, uh, so I want to say it again what I can, but I I miss my husband, and so I was crying, and 
you know, and like, I just wished he was somewhere getting well, you know, and like, oh, the Holy Ghost smote me, like, you wish he was in a hospital somewhere in a lot of pain and agony, um, how selfish of you, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, grief is, um, he, he smote, uh, God smote my heart one time to let me know that grief is a form of self-pity, said, are you feeling sorry for your husband, if you are, that's basically, you know, it's foolish, because, um, he's in, you know, he's in a better place, and if I'm feeling sorry for myself, then that's self-pity, because my husband would not have left me, God would not have taken my husband if he knew that I wasn't going to make it, God is my provider, God is helping me, and uh, my husband's hard work all these years is still providing for me, you know, and so, um, we got to just trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and lean not into our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge Him and let Him direct our paths. Let Him sustain us and and bring comfort to us, to our hearts and to our souls, to our minds. And use this Edwin and Elder Library podcast for His glory. You know, it doesn't matter if just a couple people listen or if a lot of people listen. You know, Dr. James Dobson on this, When God Doesn't Make Sense, it says, America's Foremost Family Counselor. Well, someone gave him that title. Somehow he earned that. He touched, he helped a lot of people. Well, only God knows how many people that this podcast might help. You know, if it helps one person, if it helps me, just talking, just sharing my thoughts, and just getting out there and and basically forcing me to read these books I probably wouldn't be reading otherwise, having these book reviews from all these books that we have in our Edwin Elder Library that my husband and I um, worked over the years. Uh, we love buying books. We love going to the bookstore. We love buying books. <laughs> Reading them, <laughs> maybe not so much. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of wisdom in books. And, of course, the greatest book of all, the bestseller of every year, is the Bible. God's holy word. That's the bread of life. That we learn from the people that's in the Bible. We learn from what they have gone through. And God's commandments, His laws, and how He watched out and took care of people back then. And in books today that tell stories, and hopefully this podcast when I talk about my husband. Um, Yes, my husband died. But I have many, many stories I can tell. Just like what James Dobson was saying in his book. How many times God had healed my husband before then. My husband had a hernia operation and he was praying for my he was praying that God would take him back then and I was praying like no I need him and another time I felt inspired to pray for my husband and thank God for my husband not knowing that that very moment he was in a crisis he I found out later he was in a crisis during that time but God had sent him an angel a person, it was a person that actually God sent someone to help him right when he needed him. Um, many stories, many times, many times. And so why this time? It was his time to go. We have to accept that. We have to accept that God has a purpose and a plan and a reason. And even though, um, I know I've said it before, um, that my husband actually was praying he said, Lisa, I know that you're going to be mad, but I've been praying that if God's not going to heal me, that he'll just take me. And I, 
I've said that many times, but he prayed that. So my husband got his prayer answered because he was in a lot of pain and he was very sick. And there was a lot of things that didn't make sense in his life and all his hard work. And I guess I feel sorry sometimes for him, but why? Because don't I know, have I not said it many times, that God promised that he who began a good work in us is able to complete it. God is doing the work, even that we cannot see. And God is finishing the work. God is making sense. Everything is for a time and a purpose and a plan. And it's all going to be for the good. It's all going to work out for the way it should, for God's glory. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My husband didn't perish. He might have died to the flesh. He may have died in his, in his physical body. But there is laid for us a crown of righteousness. Heaven, all the hard work that we've ever done, everything that we said to the glory of God, it is a reward. A reward. And we have no greater joy than to hear our children walk in truth. You know? And that's what it's all about. Reaching out, being a light, being an example, seeing others touched and blessed and encouraged. And I hope this encourages you today as we point others to the cross. Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to have a wonderful time when we all get to heaven. What a day that will be. Well, you have a great day, and God bless you. If this was all choppy and don't make much sense, (laughs) when Lisa doesn't make sense, it's because I was recording, and then somebody tried to call me, and it cut out the recording. And so I couldn't remember what all I'd said before. And so anyway... Hopefully I said what I needed to say. Love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.